Hi, this is Damon Pistolka, host of the Faces of Business podcast, where we talk to interesting people about life and business. We cover their backgrounds, obstacles they've encountered, and find out what drives them. Along the way, our guests share nuggets you can use to drive your success. Reach me directly, D-A-M-O-N at ExitYourWay.us, or check out our website, ExitYourWay.us, for more information. I hope you enjoy our show. All right, everyone, welcome once again to the Faces of Business. I am your host, Damon Pastalka, and with me today, I am excited because I've got a special guest. We've got Tony Bagdy here with me today, and I am ready to go. How are you doing today, Tony? You know, Damon, I'm doing awesome. It's a busy day. You know, it was a hectic day, and then get in here and like, oh, yeah, let's do this thing. And so, All uh, right. good to connect. So, uh, so yeah, let's let's get on with it. Thanks great, for having great. me on, too. Seriously. Hey, it's, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun, man, because today we're going to be talking about saving a company by embracing change, technology, and data. This is topics that I all love, because if anybody knows me, I'm a change junkie. It's like, hey, what we did yesterday got us here, but I'm not staying here, so we got to change some to get where we want to be. And uh, when it talks about technology... I like technology just because I like technology, man. <laughs> it's cool. Well, you, you know, I'm, I'm going to talk about me and what have you, but, you know, uh, being a change junkie, I found can be dangerous, you know, they because uh, if you're the, you know, people don't like to change, you know, yeah. people are hardwired not to change. And yeah. you know, I was doing some research, you know, prepping for this and you know, I was learning that monkeys have a, a, a better, uh, you know, adaptability to change than humans do. You know, change is scary. People don't know uh, what's going to happen. And, um, you know, I think that, uh, you know, that's uh, that's why, you know, they need guides in this in this world. And that's kind of what we're here about. But um, yeah, but, uh, you know, change is hard. And then, of course, you you, you put technology in in, in the mix and, um, you know, that adds to variables for, for, for people who, who who aren't working with technology. And there's so many technologies out there. Oh, God. I mean, have you seen the diagrams of all the mark? You know, there's hundreds of different technologies. There's you know, 20 different CRMs. There's how many different marketing automation platforms. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's one of the challenges is figuring out the right ones to put piece together to meet your very specific business needs, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it is. It, it really is. And that's, that's why I think, you know, uh, we'll, we'll get into that. That's why I think one of the challenges is, is, is simply selecting something, yeah. right? Because if it, and it's almost like, and I run into this a lot when I'm, when I'm talking with people about their, their business and, and they're just trying to figure out what is the right resource to help me today. Uh They might, they know they need, they know they have a problem Uh and they know they need to get it fixed, but is it that I need this person, this person, this person? I'm not even talking the same kind of help, you know, because it, it, when you get into stuff like the digital stuff or or e-commerce and those kind of things, you got, if, if I'm talking to a web developer, it's probably a web problem. If I'm talking to a paper person, right. an SEO person, it's SEO problem. And, and, and in some regards, they're all right. There's, yeah. I mean, I'm saying they're probably all right, but it's really about what should I do now? Yeah. And, and how do I put that together? And that's where, as you talked, a guide is so um, critical because, you know, just like a Sherpa can get you to the top of Everest, you having to try to try to, you know, find the path on your own. You, you're likely going down a, 
a steep hill. So. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, and then we'll, we'll get into it. But you know, you know, we're a Salesforce agency over here at Lyric Solutions. We love Salesforce; it's an amazing platform. Um, but you know, I'm part of a number of networking groups, and you know, I'll, I'll throw out there. Well, what are some alternatives for some some other business situations? And there are others that yeah. that, that can be a better fit depending on where you want to go. Um, the beauty of Salesforce is you probably never grow out of it. Uh, yeah. but, but if, if you're only going to get so big and you only have certain needs, it, it may not be the best option for you. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's good. You know, it is like, like anything there's, there's a, a sweet spot for it. There's a right place to use it. And there's, there's not such the, not the perfect solution. So let's back up a little bit though, Tony, let's talk about your background. Cause, cause the thing that I saw on your background and when we talked before, that's really interesting. You actually did sales for quite a while before you got it and, and, and then software sales and, and different kinds of things that really kind of led you to this point. That's pretty cool. So let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah, you know, I was I was thinking about this, and you know, you know, I, I hear sometimes people walk through their their resumes, and I was like, oh. yeah, you know. So uh, so I'll try and hit on the highlights, but you know, I'll st start with I started my career actually managing databases um, for a healthcare company in 1995, and um, you know, uh, and I'll back up, but but really, this story sort of begins in 2016. Um, and I had been a digital marketer, and in that in that uh, in that time, yes, I, I mean I actually built a uh, sales team from scratch with a, with a, with an internal uh, you know call call team. You know, wrote the scripts, you know, tested them myself. You know, uh, you know, really nitty gritty. I've done done that. Yeah. Uh, but you know, done digital product management at, at the Tribune company, um, at Burrell's Loose, an old school PR uh, media monitoring company. Um, you know, got really infatuated with data at Performix. Performix is sort of, you know, one of the leaders. They were sort of the, some people consider them the sort of the founder of big enterprise paid search. You know, I knew the fellow who, who, who developed the algorithm for, for managing bids um, on, on, on big platforms. And so, you know, you get that much data, you start to get insights that can really guide you uh, towards gaining business productivity far more efficiently. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've, I've done, account work, I've done sales work, digital marketing, digital product management, um, digital strategy. Um, and I started out with database work way back in the day, was really infatuated with that, um, became a CMO at Zach's Investment Management. Yeah. And, uh, what's really interesting is I've changed careers. You know, most people get to CMO status and they think, okay, well, I'm just going to be CMO. You know, yeah. they, the trouble is they turn over every 18 months. Yeah. So yeah. You know, it's a, that, that's a dangerous role. Um, but I ended up at Zach's Investment Management and I talked to one of the managing directors over there, just asked him, I said, hey, what's one of your pain points? And he said, I can't get sales data to my sales team. It's trades. So, you know, we, we ran investment strategy, couldn't get the trade data to the sales team, which is really embarrassing for these, these, these salespeople because they're talking to broker dealers that are selling to clients. They're dropping trades, 500,000 million, $2 million. And when the broker dealers find out that our salespeople don't know what trades are coming through, you know, they're like, well, I just dropped a trade with you. Let's, you know, let's get some love, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and, um, you know, I said, well, Hey, you're using Salesforce, right? And so yeah, we're using Salesforce, but you know what, uh, we've been working on it, but it's not really happening. And I said, let me take a look. You know, I've got this background. I'll work on it. So I built a trade manage, uh, trades management application 
and showed it, you know, it spent about a couple of weeks on it and showed it to the managing director and he freaked out. He was like, this is exactly what we need. And so that really sort of opened the floodgates. And I didn't realize at the time that's when my career changed and I became a Salesforce consultant. <laughs> you know, I went from a CMO to being a Salesforce guy, you know, 90% of the time, you know, I, I, and, you know, as you and I were talking earlier is that, you know, one win or one piece of technology or one piece of data starts to become the foundation upon which you can build more functionality and more yeah. value. It really builds on itself over time incrementally. And yeah, I think everybody right. knows the big projects tend, tend to fail. You know, it's the little ones that you build on top of each other that, that work. And so I built an application a quarter. Sometimes it would take a day. Some of them took six weeks. And we grew that sales team. The sales team had been uh, really successful, but also very sort of static. You know, there mm -hmm. have been about 12 salespeople for seven, eight, nine years. All of a sudden, we were able to um, manage territories and manage assets, you know, we're, which were effectively mm -hmm. leads in a much uh, more effective, efficient way. The, the short of it is we doubled the size of the sales team from 12 to 24 people in two years. We added a layer of management that, that had metrics in front of them real time so that they could actually understand how calls um, were translating to meetings and how meetings were translating to uh, sales and to trades coming in. And, uh, you know, we had call lists, prioritized call lists that were, you know, uh, based on engagement uh, signals so that, uh, you know, the, the internal salespeople knew who to call. And... Um, you know, really, that's what led me to, to forming Lyric Solutions, which is, you know, when you see that kind of transformation happen and the benefit that that happens from it, um, you know, our goal is to do that for for other small to medium sized businesses, whether it be manufacturing and we have manufacturing clients. And I know that's your bailiwick, but also, um, you know, healthcare is becoming a big vertical for us yeah. uh, and others as well. Um, so. Um, yeah, I mean that's that that's our story, and uh, yeah, I've you know worked in in, in a lot of different um, you, you know facets of, of yeah. Of well, and that's that's what's I think it's it's nice about your background is because you did have to you know not just develop something but make sure it worked, and 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 not from a <laughs> physical physical kind of yeah it 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 adds one plus one and it puts out two, but yes, it it created real world results that you saw you saw make a, a profound impact. And that's, that's where, when, when you're looking for a guide, uh, having been through a, a, a similar process, doesn't have to be in the same kind of company, doesn't have to be just a similar situation. When you, when you really differentiate between someone that knows the technology uh -huh. or that has applied the technology and and successfully applied the technology, I think is is where we're talking about, and far more beneficial than the, than the previous. Absolutely. Group. I mean, early in my career, I remember um, being in a meeting with a fellow who was a coder but had tremendous business experience, mm -hmm. and, and I could see how he was seeing the bigger picture. But also, he was working at thirty thousand feet, and he was working at three feet. Yeah, and it was amazing how powerful and influential and effective he was in working with other people and getting projects done. And, and, and I think, you know, that's what we try to, to, to bring, which is, um, you know, really looking at, at, you know, what are the objectives? What are the KPIs? You know, yeah. it, it generally comes down to, you know, grow revenue, work more efficiently, be compliant, et cetera. 
Um, but then, you know, to, to, you know, Salesforce is at the intersection of change, technology and data. And yeah. that's part of the reason why, you know, you know, you know, I'm in this and, um, and, uh, you know, good Salesforce agencies know there's more to the work than just leveraging Salesforce rapid development app tools and pushing out platform enhancements. You know, it's it's about having that strategic view. It's about guiding clients through change. It's scary. Most clients don't know what they want and you have to show it to them, which is why we do a lot of demos. Um, and, you know, it's it's about selecting the right technology, weaving the right tech. Even Salesforce has multiple products. Sometimes people don't know they're possibly even using the wrong product. Yeah. Um, and then refining their processes because processes are what help uh, beget the data that you need to run your business. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I, I think that's that's why, you know, I got into this and, and what we do. And I think it kind of segues in today's topic, which is it's about change, it's yeah. about technology, and it's about data. And, and um you know, you and I were talking earlier. I don't. I don't know if you have some additional stories. Just about, you know, uh, failures given change. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. But bring up some of the examples. I think that that you really gotta you gotta look at those because we're not talking. I mean, we're talking about look at somebody like Blockbuster. I mean, yeah. okay. Some of the younger people may not really even remember Blockbuster, right? Yeah. But. How, how many there was a blockbuster on damn near every corner it's not like starbucks almost you know video cassettes for those of you who yeah know what blockbuster is yeah well they had dvds at the end i guess oh, that's right that's did right. they i don't even remember but uh and that's bad because he says around before it but you know that's a, it's an example of they didn't realize that or didn't stay abreast of the yeah. changing deal around them and then all of a sudden this little thing called netflix came out of the yeah. band and they were and they were like mailing mailing and everybody thought well that wasn't going to go anywhere and then all of a sudden they're they're streaming and that was totally outside of our yeah. our realm of possibility and now i mean we we actually we've been in our house a while and we actually just got rid of all of our dvds <laughs> exactly and, and you know everything's streamed now and exactly. and it's and that's enough how many years was that that's not even I don't know how old Netflix is. I haven't looked at it, but it's not 20 years old, probably. No, I think it's less than I think it might be about 15. Yeah. And I remember when I heard of the Netflix concept, I was like, that's going to work. That is going to work. And I wish I'd bought stock in it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. And you know, and it's it's so funny that that you, I think when we were talking earlier, you brought up Kodak. And yeah. and 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 like you said, Kodak was they developed the digital camera. Exactly. They developed the digital camera, 1975. And yeah. Kodak, and these were engineers. They loved their work. They, they knew what customers wanted. Uh, and management didn't want the digital camera because it was going to kill selling uh, film. Yeah. You know, it was a, a cash cow for them. And so, but where are they now? Yeah. Kodak doesn't exist. Yeah. And, you know, it, it, again, it's just, you know, you got to listen to the customer. It's absolutely critical. And, yeah. uh, yeah, and you know the one, the other one. I'll bring bring one more up, and and I think this gets back to you know it's the theme. I'll sort of preview here, which is as a business, I I think you want to be in a constant state of arriving, because if you're not, change is happening so fast that you're not going to exist. And you know I was joking earlier, if you're not in a constant state of arriving, that means you're leaving the party. Yeah, you know, the, you know or the party's leaving you, and we all want to go to the party and have a good time, right? 
Yeah. So, uh, but but the the other one I, I'll bring up because it's a little more recent. You and I talked about it was Nokia. And so, you know, in the late '90s, I remember when I got my first business cell phone, and the company was paying for paying for the service, and you know, I felt real good. I'm important. People need to get me. <laughs> I had my cool Nokia phone, and they've disappeared because Nokia put all their 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 uh, their their thinking into it's all about the phone. It's all about the phone. It's not about the data. And it was all about the phone and the hardware versus the software and the data and you know apps and the internet. So who comes along? Steve Jobs. Yeah. 2007, the iPhone. And now, you know, we were just saying, you know, we're, we're not going to talk about our age here, but uh, people younger than us, you know, we think may not have heard of, heard of Nokia. So, yeah. And they're yeah. gone. You yeah. Know, so, you know, for, for our listeners out there, for CEOs or C-level, C-level um, executives, you, you don't want to be that company. And so ho- hopefully uh, there, there'll be a few nuggets of wisdom or, well, yeah, it's it's just it it is just the every industry is just without a doubt. I don't think you can find an industry that has not been overtaken by a player that they yeah. everybody thought they're that's a they're never going to be anything. B they they're just doing it way too different, and then it takes over the industry. Yeah, or or it does something really amazing in the industry. I mean, I don't know. You look at you look at cars. Look at Tesla. They've been boohoo and tesla for how long now everybody's trying to copy it and and you look at like it just you just go across the board there's so many that you just think of that it just starts out of here and goes because the big comfortable big comfortable slow to change yeah and you know what i think it 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 matters at every level of the organization you know certainly i had a colleague who used to always say this and maybe it's a negative but he used to always say the fish stinks from the head down you know and I, i think the rose can smell good from the head down as well. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but, but I but I think that, you know, I've worked in companies where there were employees who were doing very manual work um, that wanted to continue doing that because they felt like that's what they needed to do to keep their job. And I know this is a very hot topic in our society today, which is, you know, is automation going to steal your job? And, um, you know, it's, you know, retraining is is key. You know, I think adaptability is so key. Um, and it's not just for managers; it's mid-level and 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 you know entry level, and um, you know I think at every level, and I think this is part of the lesson too, is that if you're going to hire, hire auto, what I you know autodidacts, people who are who who will self-teach themselves and are adaptable, because you know ultimately you know good ideas come from anywhere; they come from your customers, they come yeah. from your partners, they come from every level of your company, and so finding out where those opportunities are to be more efficient and being a driver of that at any level in the company versus sort of clinging to, to, you know, manual processes that, that, that will be phased out. Um, and it's a hard topic, you know, I don't want to take it lightly. It's a hard topic. Uh, yeah. but, um, but, uh, those are things that, that I think people can think about. So. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and, and, we've we've heard that over and over about about labor and automation and some of those things but but honestly i really think that the uh when you look at manufacturing and look at automation right yeah. the the fact of the matter is right now we can't hire enough people in manufacturing not even close right. not even close yeah. and and the rates of the rates of retirement across manufacturers now uh, in some cases uh is making it even worse so yeah. I think that automation for some of it, a portion of it will be just fine. 
And I think, uh, um, you know, we'll find an equilibrium that works, but yeah. on the other hand too, it's, there's, there's competitive, uh, reasons that companies have to do this because if, if you, and, and I, you never want to have to make this kind of trade-off, but people have to sometimes yeah. is we can either do this with automation or we can let it go someplace else. that's going to do it. Yeah. No, and, good. and, you know, those are, those are, those are keep you up at night kind of decisions. Cause yeah. you know, I talk to business owners every single day yeah. and not a one of them says, I want to get rid of all my employees because wow. I don't care about them. They care about them. They care about them deeply. And, and, you know, there's varying levels of that obviously, sure. but, but in, I'm fortunate enough to work with, with some that care about them a lot and those decisions don't come lightly. Yeah. Um, and that's, I think that I'll just give a little bit of that side of it because it is it is a tough decision. But this this embracing this and like you say, the three you you brought up when we were talking here, three ways to be con in a constant state of arriving. I like to like to hear a little bit more about that because yeah. I like that idea of being ready for technology, being open to it, and yeah. and be able to to at least be sitting there and going, what's that? And, and how, how might that help? At least taking that, that few minutes to think about it a little bit rather than, no, we, we, we already know what we're doing. We're doing it this way because you never know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've got, got, got a, a, a few, few items and you know, this list is, could be very long. So, you know, I kept it to three and, you know, anybody could take argument with it and say some, some, something else could, could be better. But, you know, I think the first one is something we just talked about, which is it's talking to your customers. And, and your customers can not only be customers, but your customers could be employees. Your customers yeah. could be your, your, your boss. It could be a partner. And, and I really do mean talk. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm also a marketer by trade. You know, I've sent out a lot of surveys. Everybody's doing NPS scores, net promoter scores. You know, how likely are you willing, how likely are you to recommend this product or service to a friend? And, and, and scientifically, they know that that is effective. But, you know, one little tip is to, to literally use the phone because yeah. and and, you know, it, it's more the qualitative side of things. And if you're you're on the phone with, you know, with the customers, how are we doing? You know, I had a had a, a great boss at Performix. His name is Michael Kahn. And he he used to always tell us as account managers, make sure you're talking to the clients, ask them, how are you doing? And, you know, when you get those, you start to figure out, is it do we have response time issues? Uh, is it response quality issues? Is it speed of resolution issues? Um, and 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 really figuring out what what people need because you know implementing technology or focusing on change without understanding where you're going or how that ties to an outcome, which is better service, better customer satisfaction, client retention, revenue, etc. You know it, it's not going to help you. So I, I think it really does start uh, with the human element. Uh, so I'll call that number one. Um, I think number two is get a guide from outside. Yeah. Um, get a helper. And, you know, I'd say that this probably applies more to small and medium sized businesses, possibly a little bit less to larger companies where you've got yeah. a lot of employees sort of coming in, coming out. There's a lot of new fresh blood. There's a lot of new ideas. They've got a lot of specialists on staff. So I would say it probably applies a bit more to the small to medium sized businesses but as we were saying earlier, there's so many different uh, technologies. There's so many different best practices in terms of implementing those technologies. And businesses, frankly, they don't know what they don't know. Yeah. And change is happening super fast. I mean, yeah. even the Salesforce ecosystem 
you know, we've got to, to take, you know, we've got to keep up with our certifications. There's new features coming out all the time, every quarter, there's an, or three times a year, there's a new release and it's, it's, it's amazing. And, um, yeah, I think uh, that, that yeah, part of it, that huge. part of it too is, is, is huge because the, the guide, uh, and this is, I see a lot, you, you said it really well, you don't know what you don't know. So I'm sitting here today and I want to, I want a new CRM. I don't know what to look for in a CRM because I don't have one today. I've got a I've got a set of spreadsheets that we've used for a long time and we use that to track you know whatever we can track off it. And now we're talking about taking this quantum leap in into what we can do and look in the whole ecosphere of now I'm gonna take this quantum leap uh-huh. and and I got all these say I've got just three systems I'm not gonna pair and I'm just making up the number of three, four, five, whatever. Now, what features make a difference? And what features make a difference to me today? And what features are going to make right. a difference to me three three or so years down the road? Because, and then really, do I care if it's if, if it's something that will make a difference to me five plus years down the road? And, you know, and just understanding these things because it's so hard. I'm trying to run a business here. I, I, don't, I don't want to go out and try to, you know, get myself up to speed on a, these all these three technology platforms and what's really key to my business and and does this one fit that or how does it fit it and there's just so much when you start to think about that part so i think a guide is critical in these decisions yeah and it's not only selecting the technology it's how it's implemented yeah because you know these technologies are highly they're becoming highly configurable and i think one of the the certainly one of the trends that, that's occurring is this concept of citizen coders or or um, yep. you know or, or of of departments really sort of um, leveraging the technology for themselves versus calling IT and say I need you to fix this for me you know yeah. um, and and you know the role of IT is changing the role of of course marketers is changing really of all of all all types of people are changing I think if if regardless of what role you're in. If, if you're not understanding or moving in a way that enables you to take advantage of technology just in time in the moment, um, you know, you're, you're, you're at a disadvantage. And so, you know, we see a lot of what I call, I'm a baseball fan. I see, we see a lot of pitches and, um, and we, we hit a lot of pitches and because we do that um, and, and this, not only us, it's any, any agency that's, that's working in a space they're going to know how how to implement something the right way. Something that we see very often are companies uh, licensing a technology, um, you know, and quote unquote implementing it themselves, and end up they they'll end up creating issues for themselves because they implemented it in such a way that you know their data puts them in a bind, and that mm-hmm. has to be unwound, um, and you know it's what some people call technical debt. You know, you 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 build this and and you've got to. To, to pay it back in terms of someone fixing it for you. Um, so um, yeah. And, and even if, even if it's just talking to people, yeah. so something we do a lot of is, you know, we just talk to, to prospects and say, Hey, what are your objectives? What is your, your technology landscape look like now? Um, you know, we'll, we'll spend a, you know, hour, hour or two with them. And, you know, maybe they're not a lot, a lot of times they're not ready to move forward, but at least, and they don't have to pay us anything. You know, we just, it's a conversation. And we'll, we'll we'll tell them, hey, you know, yeah, this is this is the type of technology you might want to use, or the type of um, integration you might want to do, and how you might want to do it. 
um, you know, et cetera. And so knowing how is, is really important. Yeah, it is. It is because those, yeah, I mean, it's always, it, it, it is one of the toughest things for executives to do today is how do you stay uh, enough in the know to be dangerous? Yeah. It's because, right. Because, we we've all done it. And, and what, honestly, I think what happens is, is as, as what can happen, an executive just say, Nope, that's right. We're done. It's not, it's not changing anymore. It's yeah, because you know, of that very reason. It's so true. You know, a lot of time the executive conversation is, you know, okay, here's a technology. Um, and what does this mean to the bottom line? Yeah. And, you know, if you're an executive, I guess it depends on what role. Maybe there's a difference between being a CEO and a COO. You know, I would expect a COO to, to, to dive in and, and, and learn a little bit more about it to understand how it's going to get you that return. Mm -hmm. uh, but, but that's where, again, hiring is so important is that you're, you're hiring VPs and directors and managers that, that, that can help evaluate this, put it in context for, for execs uh, so they, they can sell that in. But you know, I, I do think that, um, you know, and I'll, I'll, hopefully I don't get pounded by your CEO audience that, that you, you know, oftentimes I think uh, CEOs will, will find a technology and say, hey, this will do this, go, go do it. And it's like, uh, you know, <laughs> or, or, it's the, or, or it's the opposite, which is, no, I don't understand it because I don't understand it. We're not doing it. Yeah. And, and, and I, I think it's, it's quote unquote dangerous because you know if 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 you do continue to do things, do business the same way as you've always done it, you know you're slowly likely depending on your situation, your market, your industry, you know moving towards, you know your demise. You know, yeah. Really yeah. Well, and and some of these systems too, when you start to look at it and and you go, okay, you know say a bad a bad erp huh. decision right and i always like erp because it's just like a giant sucking black hole for money you know? <laughs> and 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 it's a and it's one that's that is 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 a silent killer in some yeah, cases yeah. too because you know you'll hit somebody that'll that'll compare two erp systems and i'm not going to say i can even compare them i can only tell you i've had to come in and deal with the aftermath of it yeah. and yeah. You go, okay, we, we decided to get this ERP system. Well, why did you decide to do it? Okay, there's all these reasons, and they might have been good reasons. I don't even care if they're good or bad. But then you go to the implementation phase of it. You might spend, you might spend, you know, on a, I don't even know, I'm just guessing. You might spend on $250,000 just, just to get to stage one, right? And then you start to implement this thing and everything else, and pretty soon you're sitting here, you're, you're a year down the road and then you're another year down another six months yeah. down the road and it's really not implemented yet, but I'm another million dollars on top of that in labor and technical fees and support and yeah. all this other stuff. And these, these decisions like this, you really have to have a lot of people and a good guide helping you yeah. to, to get, to get the holistic approach because when you look at this, this guide, part of the guide's role is to say, no, you really don't need that. That's cool. Yeah. That's a nice, that's a pretty bell. Absolutely. That's that thing is shiny. It makes a really <laughs> sweet sound, but you have <laughs> nothing to do with that. And and let's get let's let's stick to what is really effective and gonna drive the biggest results. Yeah, that's the bell. You want the whistle. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. It's it, it's so true. And um, you know, I, one thing I want to add to that is that um 
you, you know, oftentimes it's it's not just a guide for the beginning, but it's having someone riding shotgun for you. Yeah. Uh, for you know, depending on the size of the, the project or the implementation or, or the complexity of it, but but at least having a resource that you can call. You know, you and I were joking earlier that you know, hey, if something goes wrong. You know, you got to have a guy. You know, you got to yeah. have your phone number to to, to figure out who you're going to call. So it's good to have that. So yeah. Uh, well, and if and then if they're familiar, I mean, at least they can provide provide some direction because as we talked it's it, a lot of time it's just you you don't know what to fix next or know what to work on next and if they can yeah. just give you that one thing it can make yeah. a huge difference yeah i'm a big believer in focus and um you know that actually gets to my third bullet here which is um you know pick your battles to win the war and yeah it's really strategy and you know the simplest uh you know so many definitions of strategy out there you know and it's a, such an overused word uh, one definition that I absolutely love, it's two words, vision prioritized. And, uh, you know, there's there, there are many other definitions as well, but I, but I like that one. Um, and, it, you know, it's about not trying to bite off more than you can chew, you know, in terms of you know, yeah. the constant state of arriving and facilitating changes. Don't try and do it all at once. Um, but, you know, pick off the, the, the small bits at a time. And again, where a guide can be very helpful is sequencing. Sequencing can be hugely important uh, because, you know, as we were talking earlier, some uh, technologies, some processes, some available data builds on what came before it. And so the sequencing piece can, can, can be mm -hmm. big. Um, oh, and, uh, and, and I had, I had actually a bonus. I had a bonus point. All right. Before. And I, I read this in the press somewhere recently. I don't remember where, but it was um, don't tell me what you value. Uh, show me your budget and I'll tell you what you value. Yeah. You know? And I think that, you know, I've run into clients and when I was at Performix, we were doing a lot of, um, you know, we got a lot of opportunities to test technologies and, and processes for clients. And we would bring these up with clients and clients, oh, this is great. Oh, we want to do that. And then they go, but we've already allocated all of our budget to, you know, pay-per-click and for, you know, conversion optimization and, you know, et cetera. And, uh, and, and so I, I, I honestly hand on heart have not have yet to meet a CEO uh, who, who's budgeted for change or budgeted for pilot projects. And, I, I, you know, it's one of those pet things of mine. I really think that, you know, if you want to, you know, change, you want to, to, to be innovative, you do, you've got a budget. Don't tell me you value that budget for it. Yeah. Small amounts. And maybe you set up a contest with your employees and say, hey, we've got an innovation contest. Yeah. That comes up with the best project. This is the budget, you know, or, you know, whatever. Get get your employees involved, but 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 plan for it and budget. That's a good idea because you're A, you're right, because I've never even heard of doing that where you're planning budgeting for change. I know budgeting for new equipment, budgeting for right for new initiatives yes but not just saying this is what we're going to dedicate to money that we're solely going to try to dedicate change what we're doing to be better yeah be innovative you know in, yeah. a, in a constructive thoughtful way yeah so uh, hmm. yeah a budget for change that was a good one it's a good one yeah well obviously the, the the devil's in the details of what you come up what what that change is and how that ties to you know yeah you know, you, you know, your, your brand characteristics, your, you know, your strengths as a business. 
um, you know, et cetera. So, you know, obviously it depends on the ideas that, that come out of it. So, yeah. All right. So yeah. when you, when you talk about leveraging technology, so you, you, yeah, yeah. you, you got better way, ways to better leverage technology. So what do you, what do you got going on there? Are you, okay. I'm going to lay it on you. Okay. Uh, so the, I think the first one is at least I have, again, there's so many you could come up with is know your needs. And I think that, um, we may have spoken to this a little bit earlier is that um, I was talking to a prospect the other day um, that had bought a Salesforce product, um, an expensive one uh, before them knowing actually how they were going to use it and how those features apply <laughs> to their business. Yeah. And then they said, you know, and we've got, and then, and they were just, you know, we've got all these needs. And then they showed me what they called their, um, you know, their spaghetti, yeah. you know, and this was actually, and, and the spaghetti was, you know, the, 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 the diagram of all the technologies they're using, how they're integrated, what have you. And they were aware that there were some redundancies and there might be some gaps, et cetera. But, um, you know, I could tell from talking to this company that, you know, they were fortunate in that they had resources. They had, yeah. Yeah. You know, they could spend money. Yeah. And, and um, but it was also, it seemed to me at a high level without being, really in, in, you know, working with them that it felt like somebody had said, Hey, you've got to get this. This is, this is going to help you. You've got to get this technology. You got to get this technology and um, just hadn't really known your needs, you know, in, in tech world, it's requirements. What are your requirements? Yeah. You know, and, and, and even you don't have to get every little Nick, Nick detail, but you can put high level requirements together that can start yeah. to guide, you know, what, what you need. So, yeah. So know your needs. And, and again, a guide can help there. And yeah, that gets to, 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 to point number two, which is redundant. But I think, again, it's it's it, it's it's um, it, it applies, which is get a guide from outside. You know, again, there's so many technologies available, sifting through them and understanding you know, how they integrate or how they don't integrate um, is, is important. Um, you know, I spent with a client manufacturing client. I spent over two days just re researching SMS providers for them. Mm -hmm. you know, and, um, you, you know, uh, you know, didn't pay, you know, they didn't pay for all that time, paid for a small, small part of it. But, you know, I spent just, uh, you know, two days doing that. You know, another way to do it, um, which I think you you would appreciate is it's have a network. You know, um, yeah. if you can't afford a guide or you don't want a guide or you're not talking to, to agencies like ours is, you know, build your network and, and, and of peers and talk to them about their experiences, you know, yeah. uh, and wherever possible test drive, if you can, you know, you know, obviously they're free trials or what have you. Yeah. Some agencies will do demos of functionality, you know, to a point we do do a lot of that. Um, so, you know, they're little proofs of concept. Um, and those really make a big difference because when we, when we build those uh, people say, Oh, that is what I want. Yeah. It, it yeah. actually works, and I know you know how to do it. Yeah. Um, so that's a great uh, example, and I think you're I think you're right there with the, um, yeah, it's seeing that seeing that through like that, and then and then just being able to envision how it's going to solve whatever you want to be doing. Yeah. No. I, absolutely. And then you know, you and I, I was I was talking, you know, and I had to get the dictionary out to make sure I was using this word right, but. Um, Hire autodidacts. So if you want to leverage technology, it's not just people who know technology, but find people who are curious, who love to learn, who are adaptable, 
who may have uh, run hands-on, uh, who are non-IT people, because yeah. IT people obviously manage technology all day long, but find, you know, whether they're in marketing, they're in customer success, if they're in operations, if they're in accounting, wherever they may be, find people and bring people in who, who have that adaptability, the comfort, and, and have worked around technology. Um, yeah. So I think that's, uh, you know, um, yeah, I think that's important. Yeah. So we've, we've talked about how to be in the constant state of arriving, which I think is cool as heck. Just, you know, how are we always ready for that technology and then leveraging that technology. Uh, now when we talk about data and this is, this is one of the things that, man, I tell you what, and this is exciting to me. It is so data is so exciting to me because I'm an old data junkie from, I mean, from ever. Um, even when I was doing my master's work in, uh, statistical process control, you know, it was, it was, uh, and, and it was just when you understand data and what it can unlock for you and it, how it can paint a picture, right. It, it's always been amazing to me. But when we look at data today, the thing that has changed is the value of good data, I think is, has, has just gone that, that has just kept incrementally and maybe even exponentially and sometimes really gone if if the people that have the data that's one thing having the data is cool but being able to turn it into useful information is yeah. is really where it's been exciting i think in the last five years because we talk about some big data things and you look at some of these some of these platforms now that are that can show you things about data that you haven't seen before or use data like a salesforce a, yeah. or another crm a hubspot whatever it might be that you're using and be able to to interpret that for you and then get it to you to utilize it the way you want to is crazy yeah i mean it's it's artificial intelligence and, you know, it's, it's amazing, you know, three or four years ago, I mean, we all heard of AI three or four years ago, or even five years ago, but now you just hear it all the time. Yeah. And, and, um, you know, you, you, you prefaced your last statement with good data. So, yeah. you know, and, and, you know, that's a whole other topic and it was, yeah. and yeah. It, was my, it was my fourth bullet, which I didn't include, which is <laughs> keep your data clean. And, and you know, that's somebody's job in some, yeah. ways, you know, um, you know, that, that's a whole other topic. But um, you know, not not to, to pound on Salesforce, but it's my point of reference is that Salesforce has built AI into their platform. You know, if you're licensing, you know, specific products, and it will it will tell you, you know, which leads are are most likely to close and, and give you some understanding of why that may be. And you know, as I was, you know, learning more about the Salesforce AI piece, uh, you know, I've always talked about you know start collecting data because you need a lot of it for AI. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if, if, if you, you know, you, you know, we, we put our trades management application, we started getting trades from, you know, various, um, you know, wirehouses and what have you, you know, two months of that data isn't that helpful. A year isn't that helpful. You start to get three years of that data, four or five, and it can start to unlock some secrets that, that can help you target better. Um, but one of the things that Salesforce is doing that I think is interesting is that they're, uh, they know that, that, that many companies won't have the stock of data that they need to actually make the AI work. And so they're actually leveraging, you know, I believe their clients data ought, uh, 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 anonymously to feed in, you know, with characteristics that match with your data to tell you what's, 
you know, what, what, wow. what's the opportunity that's, that's, that's ready to close yeah. um, and why. Um, so yeah, I mean, AI, I mean, it's, it's collecting the data and some people have different, different perspectives on data. Some are like collect every piece of data you can. And that's, a, I think that's actually a legitimate uh, approach. Some oh, yeah. are being more selective. You know, this is why that data is important. I, I don't offer an opinion on that. I, I like both. I think it depends. Um, but, you know, three ways to better leverage data. I mean, again, the first one is less technical. It's more human focused, which is know your questions. What questions do you want to answer? And mm -hmm. I mean, you know, um, you know, which leads are going to produce the highest ROI? You know, who do we prioritize selling to? Um, how much product are we going to need in three months? Yeah. If you're manufacturing. Um, how much inventory do we have at the warehouse? You know, how fast are we getting our customer issues being resolved? How does that tie to customer satisfaction? And understanding, you know, lay out all those questions before you start collecting data and before you start creating reports, because ultimately that's what you want to do. You want to answer the questions that will enable you to, you know, grow your business, work more efficiently, you know, et cetera. So I think knowing the questions are really important. And, you know, as a consultant, as an agency, you know, we, we try to know what those questions are. Um, you know, we do these implementations and, and you know, it's yeah. configuring this, you know, creating this automation, you, you know, but what I find is that it's the reporting, it's the dashboards, and it's the insights that you can get from that, that really is kind of where the whole thing sings. And mm -hmm. it's what, 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 what really makes a difference for businesses. So well, and it's, it's the picture that it gives you, even, even in the, the simple, and I'm going to say these are simple dashboards that I use with clients on on just operating KPIs for a for a business overall. And I, I I really try to dumb things down because I think I think two things. I think if I if I know there's enough sales coming in and I did it profitably in a week, I'm probably and and it's the right amount. So so three, I'm probably going to be okay when my financials come out at the end of the month. You know I it's love a, that. I love it because I think that, you know, as data junkies, you and I both, there's so many things you can measure. There's yeah. so many different things you can measure. And um, I worked at Feeding America and I was head of digital strategy there. And one of the things that I did, you know, with the broader team was help develop what are those KPIs. And we had, we had long conversations about yeah, what yeah. were to make sure that we're picking the right ones and that they really do. They, they are indicative of performance to come. Yeah. And, and um, so picking those KPIs is, is I almost put that on the list too. Well, I, I'm going to tell you, when you talk about leveraging data, there is not hardly one thing that a business owner can do to make their business easier to run is to know how well I'm doing on at least a weekly basis, if not a daily basis. Because as soon as you understand that and you go, Huh. it looks like these numbers were pretty good this week. And you get through a few cycles of how that turns out into a pretty decent month at the end of the month. And you watch your bank account just kind of move like you want it to their, their life, their life just becomes completely different. Cause otherwise I'm trying to figure out, okay, is my R and D department doing what they're supposed to Did my, did all my manufacturing or whatever, did we ship enough product? Did we get the materials we need? All this stuff kind of, kind of, kind of just subsides when you start to see on that, that timely basis that, at the end of the day, we made the, we, you know, the right amount came in, the right amount went out and we, you know, made about the money we thought. 
that simplifies your life so much. Yeah. Yeah. When having those data, I mean, it could just be as simple as, you know, how many calls do we need to make to yep. get this many meetings, which gets this and it me and you get those metrics and you go, oh, hold on. You know what? We actually need to hire more call people versus outside salespeople or vice versa. And yeah. that's big money. It is you know, the, the, the amount of money it takes to, to onboard somebody, get them, get them running, you know, hire, you know, it, it's fixed cost. You know, yeah. it's, it's, it's a big deal. Well, and it, and, and I look at it too, and, and those kind of decisions that data paints that picture, paints yeah. that picture so you can make an intelligent decision. And oftentimes when you talk about a guide, right, you talk about, I think the one thing that business owners overlook overall that costs them more money is time because we can sit as a business owner. I've done it myself running businesses. Think and go out, out this for weeks at a time, trying to figure out what should we do, what should we do, what should we do. When, yes, it may have been kind of expensive at the moment to to spend. You might spend a thousand bucks for somebody to spend a couple hours with you. Mm -hmm. In in the case of, of of that, but if it saved you three weeks of That's of great. a business not operating at, at what you want, it's not a drop in the bucket. Yeah. And, and it really, we need to understand this and understand the timeliness of, of how yeah. data paints that picture when we need it or how a guide can, can show you how to paint that picture tomorrow morning, not three months from now yeah. and get you there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I couldn't agree more. It's actually one of my third bullet. I'm going to skip to the third bullet before I come to the second one, which is, you know, better way of leveraged adding is, is share it. And ideally, yeah. it's it's real time, and it's all one point of reference that everyone is using. I mean, the the the, the classic scenario is that you know you've you've got you know marketing using one set of spreadsheets, you got sales using another set of spreadsheets. They don't really jive with one another. You know, marketing says, "Well, we got all these leads; they're great," and sales is saying, "Well, they're not that good." And we didn't, you know, and it's just having one source of the truth. And this is Salesforce speak. You know, they talk about three hundred sixty degree view of the customer. Uh, and one source of the truth. And that's what helps unify teams and getting them moving in, in the same direction yeah. and, and getting them cooperating. So there aren't any, any disagreements about, you know, um, you know, if you want to call them service level agreements between departments, you know, uh, everybody's looking at the same numbers. So, um, you know, whether, and you don't need to use Salesforce for that. A lot of people are using business intelligence software, you know, Power yeah. BI, which is yeah. free from Microsoft. Yeah. You have to pay somebody to configure it. Um, you know, Salesforce bought Tableau, which was one of the, yeah. the key players in that space. But, um, you know, a better way to leverage data is share it and and have one source for it that yeah. it, that, that is unified. So um, I've seen that make a big difference. Yeah. Uh, so as, as we, we've gone through this, it's, it's, it, you know, saving a company by embracing change, technology, and data, there's a lot of, a lot of things to consider. Yeah. That's for yeah. sure. You know, yeah. but, but I think what, what, uh, a couple points that stick out with me are, uh, ask, ask people around you. A, first of all, see if you're really embracing change yourself as a leader of a company. And, That's right. And, and you got to, if you're not, get the help to do it, start doing it, whatever you got to do, because you, if you're not changing and evolving, you're dying. It's just the way it yeah. is. And, and yeah. we all know that um, no matter who you are. Uh -huh. um, and, and we see that 
you just pick any company, Coca-Cola, for example. I mean, you know, look, I mean, they all, they, if you're not going to change, you're going to die a slow, slow and painful death, just slower for others. And, uh, and then the, the second thing is, is um, get that guide. I, I just think that getting a guide in, in some of these things that you're doing, and, and it's not something that, and this is what I, I, I think in the last five plus years, five to 10 years has changed an awful lot is, is we see people in business now hiring a coach, maybe a personal coach, maybe a, maybe a more, a more specialized help. And I use that on a personal level because it does make a difference and just go back to sports. People mm -hmm. like uh, in our day, Michael Jordan or, or anybody today that you see it, it, Tom Brady, Tom yeah. Brady is not the quarterback. And, and even though, um, uh, He's not, not my favorite quarterback, but he's very good. He's very good. He's, he is he is the GOAT. There's, no, the doubt goat. About it. There's no doubt about it. Joe Montana uh, is my favorite quarterback. But Oh, there you go. I'm Brady's going I'm, I'm going here. there. And, and Brady is is in these days. But they have coaches. They have, they have coaches. Yeah. They have coaches yeah. to help them eat right, you know, all That's this right. stuff. Sleep right. Think right. All this right. stuff. And then we're sitting here in business thinking that we don't need that kind of help. We're fooling ourselves. We're simply fooling ourselves. Um, and and some people, you know, go as far as they don't even read books on new things to help them do this. I mean, it's, it's yes, that is yeah. my thing. Is, is a guide or a coach or something is, is something that, it, that can help you waste much less time. Yeah, I mean, there's so many, so much of the work we do is specialized these days. And you said it so well, which is, you know, if, you know, if you hire somebody to, to you know, you know, customize a, an application for you, it might take them, it might take a few hours, it might take a day, it could take you a month. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to get out the instruction book and figure out and then there's the gotchas you're not aware of, and you don't know the best practices. So you do, you know, and, you know, so yeah, I, I, I think that that is definitely a theme here. No, no yeah. About it. Yeah. And then, and then, you know, at, at the end is, is, as you said, is dedicating the resources to being able to continue to change and evolve. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's easy to see these things as projects and they're there. It's, it's, it's a mindset. I mean, it is a cultural mindset and um, you know, again, the, the, the tone is set from the top, but you know, hiring throughout and, and, and thinking about that, you know, most people hire for, you know, in the most simplistic terms, they hire for cultural fit and they hire for, for, for skill set. And, um, but, you know, find people, you know, and, and those are perhaps the two, two most important, but, you know, find people who, who adapt because, you know, I mean, as you've, you've probably noticed, as our listeners have probably noticed, I've, I've adapted, I've done everything from sales to account management to, you know, uh, you know, Salesforce consulting, you know, marketing, et cetera. And, um, you know, I think, uh, I think it, it, it enriches you as an individual as well and it, it enables you to bring more value uh, to the organizations that you work for when you've 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 been um, you, you know you've been fortunate enough to to sit in a number of chairs because what you what you think depends on where you sit right yeah yeah and that's that's for sure and I think that diversity that you bring um, with the ex diversity of experience uh, it, it is such a huge thing it's such a huge thing yeah, yeah. So, well, this has been great getting to, getting to talk to you, Tony, and we could go on for a long time because yeah. this stuff is this stuff is 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 a passion of yours and a passion of mine. I think that you know, true change has to start inside of us, and 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 then just be willing to go from there. 
Yeah, you know, one thing I want to add, and I know we're wrapping this thing up, and I almost brought it up, but, uh, you know, there's a, a, a phrase, the revolution will not be televised. And that's what that's all about. It's not change doesn't happen with people with, with pikes and swords and torches. It happens inside. The revolution isn't being televised because it's happening inside each one of us. And so you're absolutely right, you know, uh, and I, I agree with that. You know, but, that's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. I, I know. I know people always wonder. They always see me doing this. I write I, whenever I talk with people. I always write, and I'm now with you. I've got about a page and a half already of stuff I've written down because I think that, you know, as as we do these these type of interviews, it's great to have you here today talking about saving a, a company by embracing change, technology, and data. There are so many you know golden nuggets that that we have that. We don't even know. I don't care if you're 12 or, or, or 120. Uh, there's nuggets to learn from people. And I just I love being able to share them. That's great. Well, hey, yeah. Damon, you know, I really appreciate being on Faces of Business. And um, you know, to our listeners out there, I hope you found some value in our discussion. You know, my name is Tony Bagby. I'm president of Lyric Solutions. We provide Salesforce solutions that perform. And we're always happy to talk informally to those who are looking for guidance, who are looking for a helper. And if you'd like to coordinate a, a time to talk, uh, you can contact us at let's talk at lyricsolutions.com. Uh, of course, or find us on the web at Lyric Solutions. And again, Dame, it's great to see you again. Uh, many thanks for having me on. You bet, Tony. And for those listening, thanks for being here today. We will be back again on Thursday. And I, I'm, I'm excited about our guests, as I always am for Thursday. And as I always do, I've forgotten who that is. <laughs> I, I have I have one of these things and I know it's I put this in my mind but when I think about the next guest I'll, I'll get off and then I'll remember but I'm sure it's great we always we always uh, seem to be able to find awesome people like Tony but thanks Tony so much for being here today and check him out on LinkedIn grab grab connect with him there find him at lyric solutions and thanks for being here everyone all right